life miserable. Make life dangerous. What if we can change things? Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 134. Whoa. And my name is Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Michael. Nice. Nice one. On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, as well as the week in film news for our featured review. What is it this week? Uh, what, this is a weird one, right? Yeah, it's a, a little time. little film called Good Time. Good Time. From the Safty Brothers, which whenever you go with the Whatever Brothers, uh Are these side guys note, twins? There's, there's never sisters. The Wachowski sisters would be cool. They got to do that now. But the, the I don't I don't I'm not a fan of whenever you say that it's directed by the Whatever Brothers cuz it implies Would you want to say Safty and Safty? It implies that everyone's supposed to know you, you know, the Safty brothers. The Stranger Things is directed by the Duffer brothers, and who the fuck are they? So you should say both first names and then earn, by like blank you, and blank you, Duffer. You gotta earn that. Is it so? It's the Russo brothers for Avengers: Infinity War, right? Yeah. There's a lot of there's bros. Lot, there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no sisters. There should be more. Yeah. Uh, What's going on? But Robert Pattinson is here to drink out of. An acid-laced Sprite bottle. And bleach his hair. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. This week is psychedelic, everybody. Um, But you can go to iTunes, can't you? You could go there. You You could also... Google Play. Yeah. uh, Stitcher, if you want. It's kind of shady. Tune in radio. All sorts of weird places. Wherever Wherever you like. Wherever podcasts can be found. Verticalviewing.com is our website. That is where our PayPal link lives. You want to donate it's golden button? It's golden. Show. If you want to become uh, part of our one night stand crew, if you just want to sort of hang around, get drunk, spend a night with us, drop us a dollar or two, flip a toonie. Yeah. Hit verticalviewing.com and click that donate button if you help uh, keep the lights on around here. Uh, offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, stick an internet pie in your ear. Every week. Delicious. But there's something else you can do, Red. You could go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. Yes, you can. There, upcoming is our Clockwork Orange review, uh-huh. which I believe should be coming in the next week or two. Uh, but there is a Superman Returns review. There's a review of Dune on there. There's Jake Gyllenhaal love letters on there. <laughs> We love you, Jake yeah, Gyllenhaal. There's, there's all sorts of cool stuff on patreon.com slash vertical viewing where you can become a hydrogen, helium, or lithium level subscriber at the rate of one, two, or three dollars per month. Just like Martin, just like Chris, just like Nick, just like Fidel, just like Joseph. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you can also choose an element of your preference. Yeah. It doesn't have to be building, one, two, or three. Building that, uh, that periodic table out. It's like No Man's Sky. Yeah, but that, that helps us uh, continue to grow the show, uh, and you get access to all sorts of goodies in the back catalog. Uh, like I said, Clockwork Orange. Coming, coming up, coming up. Yeah, and thank why, you to Fidel for that one. Yeah, I was going to say, and why are we doing that? Because if you are a patron, well, yeah, that's the key. We do what you say. Yeah, yeah. the upper tiers, you get to tell us what movie you would like mm-hmm. us to talk about. Toss us two or three bucks, suggest a movie, and we have to comply. Uh, but thoughts and recommendations can still go to verticalviewing at gmail dot com or on our Instagram, Vertical Viewing Podcast. But it's broken. Or on our Twitter, not broken, at Vertical Viewing. Uh, guys, should we get on with the show? I mean, the music, I always forget, don't I? Uh, that, yeah, it's always from the anti-theory. It certainly is. It's dope. There's stuff that we watched, I'm sure. Red, you said there's nothing that you watched, though. I've been very busy. I'm uh, studying at the moment. So. He's letting us down, everybody. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I, I did still make it out to, to a movie, so I'm mm. proud of myself, balancing mm-hmm. work and, mm-hmm. and life commitments. I bet nice. you there's stuff that you're going to remember as we as we go. You probably watched, like you binge watched I don't The Crown, probably, or? No. No. I watched, have, have you seen that yet? I watched Game of Thrones. But like I had already watched that. Well, yeah, that's something last you, you week. Did. So, but Thrones, yeah. yeah, the the finale's on tonight, so I'm sure you guys want to just. That's why you didn't watch. it. He watched a ton of stuff, but he doesn't want to tell us, folks, because he just wants to get the fuck out of here and <laughs> no. go watch GOTs. Your expectations are too high. I watched nothing. Okay, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. As Fucking well. right, <laughs> Mike. Uh, what's going on? What did you watch? So, uh, this movie. Produced by Netflix came out this week called Death Note. Uh, Heard about it. Not sure if any of you are familiar. Based on an anime. Based on an anime, which was based on a manga. Heard heard that it's really respectful to the culture that it's originally depicting. I have a few things to say about that, actually. But is that sarcastic? Because <laughs> I heard, that was sarcasm. I don't know. That was sarcastic. You know what? I got. I, side note: Stop saying sarcasm. <laughs> this is when it gets lame. Is when you have to say that something sarcastic after you. <laughs> I, can you Wait, not do was that? that sarcastic? Um, yeah. So Death Note follows uh, Light Turner. Light Turner. Light. His name's Light. Anyway, I forget his last name in this show. He's Japanese, uh, right? Nope. He. Oh. It takes place in Seattle. Oh. He's this dude that finds a death note. And what is a death note, you ask? Well, it's a book that's dropped by, like, a death god to random people. And when you write down someone's name in the book and picture their face, you can kill them the way that you write down. And the idea is... uh, This wasn't invented by that shithead in math class that you hate? Nope. Okay. It kind of sounds a little bit angsty. (laughs) Sounds like a punk kid in your science class did this it's very angsty i was curious to see how they were going to do this because i've i haven't watched the whole anime all the way through but i've watched a decent amount of it it was pretty good uh like the main character wants to use it for good basically like being a superhero so he starts killing all these criminals and names himself kira 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 i believe uh like a, a japanese name and leaves all of the people that are being killed he makes them write something on the wall saying that like kira was here this was responsible so he's like this god that's punishing bad people but then there's an organization trying to track him down and there's uh. the death this there's this death god that sort of seems like he's his friend is that willem dafoe willem dafoe i heard he's kind of cool in it he's the best part of it 
the the, uh, the effects are okay. Like he stays in the shadows most of the time, which actually makes it him look better because he's all CG. Uh, and then the voice is Willem Dafoe, and he's cre- he's creepy. Like he's, yes, he's good. He he's, he's a creepy man. He is good as a creepy death god. Well, it looks scary in this thing, man. So, like, it's okay. the The problem is, uh, it's very, very compressed and rushed. Like, nothing has any time to percolate or just sit. It's like, hey, we have to hit all of these story notes, and then the story's done. It's like, bam, 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 bam. Okay, we have now adapted Death Note. Like, oh shit. Okay, thanks, guys. Like, that was sort of not cool. So all 20 episodes of the... Just, like, all it's all compressed into one very, like, one feature-length film, mm. which was a bit of a mistake. Hmm. Now, we, what you were talking about here is the controversy. Like, it's another... This is a perfect target for the whole whitewashing uh, discussion. And I'm not sure... Like, I I'm, know I'm, I'm going to get some flack for this, and I apologize to any of our listeners, uh, but definitely let me know. Verticalviewing at gmail.com. Yeah, exactly. We would love to hear it. I don't think this is whitewashing in any way, shape, or form. Uh-huh. It's... Like, it's localizing is basically what they're doing. Because it's not set in Japan with... with yeah, where with does Caucasian the original one act. take place? The, the original one takes place in Japan. And so, this is been, has been moved to the U.S. They've taken the story... And just made it an American story. So the the like cultural commodification of, uh, like they've appropriated this Japanese work. This isn't but, like Ghost in the Shell, but it's not like Ghost in the Shell where it is set in like Neo Tokyo and everyone's white. <laughs> this is like this is so at least it makes sense that they're white. But <clears throat> yeah, so like it should just still be. some missed opportunities for having some some more uh, diverse casting mm-hmm. but i don't think talking about this as if it was whitewashing is the right uh word to use in this situation it's not the same scenario um it's just a, they missed the boat a little on this one people really you know they're, they're really hunting these things down now i think like people's guard is up for any sort of translation well, the same of, thing, yeah. of an asian product to well it's people are just looking for well Reasons to get upset. Reasons, it, yeah, it's the age of outrage. Like yeah. it's super easy to just vent online. It's not the first um, time that they've adapted anime into American. Exactly. You know. Well, and it's like so much shit is going on in the world that people are angry and <laughs> and afeard. So you know what? Ranting at stuff like this is the easier way out. So I get that. But uh, I was talking with someone and they brought up, well, should we call the Departed whitewashing? <laughs> because it. That's it's the just exact a re- it's same the exact thing. same scenario, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, it was okay. Like it wasn't. It was only okay. Yeah, because the reviews for this, aside from the whatever controversy that might exist around it, uh, the reviews aren't actually that great no, for the movie. No, like just watch the original. The original's on Netflix. Just watch the anime. Save yourself some time. Well, actually, that'll take you a little more time, but you'll be rewarded much more. Or, or if you want, you can just write a bunch of. Names violent book violent red. cartoons in the margin of your science <laughs> notes. Yeah. So I also watched a documentary called Unacknowledged. Unacknowledged. Is now, this about like when you make a mistake on your work cited? This is going to no. be a really intense subject that you probably shouldn't joke about. Are you, have you do you know what this is, Scott? No. Okay. Unacknowledged. I'm reading this off IMDb. Oh, this is fucking UFOs and shit. Focuses yes. on the historic files of the Disclosure Project and how UFO secrecy has been ruthlessly enforced and why. The best evidence for extraterrestrial contact, dating de- back decades, is presented with direct, top-secret witness testimony 
documents, and UFO footage, 80% of which has never been revealed anywhere else. Of course. Of course. This is this movie is the key, right? This, this is going to blow the lid off. This is the one it's, that proves it, it. It's over. Guys, since they uploaded this to Netflix, the world's a very different place. Yeah, this is the proof. Right? So, yeah, like it... it did it change everything? The main guy here is Dr. Stephen M. Greer. Oh, dude, this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> so This guy was on Rogan, and he's on the Joe Rogan podcast, and it was a complete clusterfuck. Like, this, this guy is actually out of his mind. Is he? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was very curious because I, I put this on, and I was like, okay, I just need something on to watch. This is going to be funny. Like, Whatever. The amount of people that are in this, retired air, army generals and shit like that. Like, I really have to do some more research on this documentary. Oh God. But good God, do they have so many eyewitness accounts from army people and all of these ridiculous documents that have been declassified, which is why I want to do some research here, because it's straight up like... Full on confirming that is it like the Air Force pilots that are that have seen this stuff? Is that kind of? It's uh no, it's like high level like generals and shit that are now retired that are just giving an interview on TV and saying, yeah, hundred percent, this is all real. We just like we just cover it up, hmm. um, and it's it's about time that the this stuff comes out. And they like go on, on this tangent about what they call the lost century. Where they're like, we have had enough, like, we have this technology that we can reverse engineer in a way that we can, like, fix hunger in the world and shit like that. But to keep the status quo going, and here come, here, here's all the I'm conspiracy I'm so skeptical. Shit. I know, right? Right now, like, my... I, I my, know. Yeah. I know. Like, yeah. I have no idea what to think of but this. But the 12-year-old me would be fucking on board with all of this. Totally. It's like the real X-Files. Well, it's... Like, I, again, I don't know what to think of this because there was just an overwhelming amount of shit thrown at me through the course of this two-hour so, documentary. So what's the big thesis? What, what, what are they saying here? Yeah, what's the conclusion? Well, that we, we have been and are constantly visited by, like, two to six different civilizations. <laughs> Fuck off. I know, right? Okay, here's, and, the, here's what I... And, okay. Cameras are ubiquitous. Yeah. There are cell phone cameras. We've all got cell smartphones phones, in every, our pocket. There's cell phones on every, uh, you know, across the globe. In every corner of this planet, there are cameras at this point. Yeah. London has cameras on every corner 24-7, just, just constantly filming the city. Mm-hmm. You would think that the sightings of, like, alien beings and UFOs would, would skyrocket with this increase in surveillance and no. this access to... T- but it actually has... Plummeted but you know why? It's because they land at the airports. They're disguised as regular aircraft. Oh, yeah. and, well, uh, we and this know. this isn't really that's that's a good Scheduled point. Why aren't there? It's, it's not brought up in the in the documentary at all. Like that, everyone should have photos of UFOs, but no nobody ever puts anything on. Has anyone on your Facebook wall ever shared a video of anything weird in the sky? Yeah, but N- never. But what? Never. So I'm just going to be devil's advocate against your argument here for a second. So, I mean, if sightings should have gone up, you think that these super advanced alien races would know that and just maybe be a little bit more hidden? I don't know. Uh, like, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't want to believe a lot of this shit. But holy have, crap. I saw the poster in, on, in your office. Prin- it Prin- says, I want to believe. Prince Philip is in this. 
Like Prince what Philip is in it, talk, talking, talking about, about. Like that's what I mean. There's so many high level people talking about this all just I being think real. Prince Philip has lost his mind. <clears throat> well, he is. He's yeah. Uh, but and the whole conversation here and what Doctor Greer is talking about is he's that a fuck nut. I heard a is they bring up that there's th- like three major black ops groups or whatever that have no government oversight. So the president doesn't even know about all this shit because he doesn't need to because he's a temporary employee so they don't tell bring him in on any of the crap. Yeah. So yeah. like there's Donald these, Trump definitely does not. Oh yeah. He's not allowed in Area 51. No. No, so it's I like okay, whatever. I, bet, I wonder if Donald Trump has, has said to it's like yo guys, can I can I go to Area 51 please? I'm like no, Don, you can't. You just can't go there. Fuck. Well, and I and they talk. That would they talk about all this false flag shit that that has been engineered, like to just discredit it over the years. And I don't know. It's an interesting documentary. I have no idea what to think of it. Honestly, it sounds all, like a trip to Sedona. It's <laughs> all nonsense. I want to watch it. There's a yeah. place called the Dulce Base, right? The yeah. Dulce Mesa in New Mexico. Yeah, which is this black mesa. The weird facility in Half Life is based on this giant mesa that people believe. That there are like 10 different levels and each one has different experiments going on with, you know, the first level is humans doing experiments on aliens. The second <laughs> level is humans doing experiments on reptilians. The third level is uh, reptilians doing experiments on greys. The fourth level, they're doing experiments on humans. Like it's this insane. Yes, just, that's what it is. It's this insane. crazy orgy of uh, experimentation and secret conspiracies, you know? Yeah, Mulder would have. So, a, he's got like the hugest heart on. So I really, I, I really wanted to see what you thought about this. So you, I think you should watch this, Scott, because I, I, I know you're a fan of Graylians. Wh- I, I like UFO documentaries, but when you mention Stephen Greer's name, I'm, that guy is poison. That guy is poison to science. Well, it's, it's funny you bring that up. Because in the fucking documentary, they talk about how the, the scientific college is all instructed by these Illuminati guys. Yeah. Of course, to yeah. discredit. Yeah, because like, they would be, oh they would God. obstruct the largest discovery in the history of science. Why? Why wouldn't scientists? Because they're jealous and driven by ego, right? And they they want to discover it for themselves, well, so they're covering it up. No, the, like the argument in this seems to be people don't want to get killed, which I mean makes sense. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, but anyway, that's what I watched. Um. I watched... You watched something that's going to... Well, okay, I just... Should I start with it? Yeah, I'll start with it. I um, I read a book. Oh! <laughs> Red's freaking out right now. It's not going to be that one. It's going to be a different book. Yeah, it's totally going to be a different book. No, I read Annihilation. Yeah! <laughs> you lost the bet then. I know. I don't it's, even... I'm, I'm I don't, so happy to lose this I don't bet. even know what the bet was. It was that, but uh, I don't know what what were what was on the line for you. Some sort of steak dinner, I'd I'd, I'd imagine. Thanks. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I read Annihilation. Fantastic. By you think? Jeff Vandermeer, and it's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. Maybe it's so weird, right? I've got. I've really got to finish it. How far did you get? I'm halfway through. Oh, so I just, she, I've been reading something she else. She went the into moment. the tower and stuff oh, and saw yeah. the crawler and all yeah. sorts of... Yeah. It's, it's wild as fuck. It's the craziest thing. It's this most psychedelic book I've ever read, easily. Like, and since the Dark Tower, I think. If, if, if you are into the wilderness, it's like a love letter to being outdoors and like being on a hike, almost. And But it is the most 
fucking oh, trippy, going. psychedelic, creepy, horrific, gorgeous, beautiful, terrifying, lush. Like the the, the language that Jeff Vandermeer is using here to to like blossom his, his prose is something else entirely like, it, like this this book will like drop little seeds and spores in your brain and the descriptions like little. bloom into these crazy like i can't describe how much i love this book alex garland is going to absolutely hammer this thing to another level yeah. so well, you have to keep going and read the rest of the series because that i don't know if i want to hasn't oh. vandermeer I bought the seen, second book already. It's has, in my room. Hasn't he seen the movie already? There, Jeff Vandermeer says that the movie is more psychedelic and more out there than he, the book is. Wow. Uh, and the changes that Alex Garland has made to it are on the level of 2001. So not to spoil too... There's going to be some puzzling yeah, stuff. What I'm thinking is towards the end of the book when one character is going down in this tower um I, I think the the movie might end at that point instead of and it might just turn into this beyond the infinite uh 2001 kind of situation where well the series doesn't end there right so. no but i think the movie might be a standalone thing has the well has the whole series been optioned for the movies i, am, I assume I it has been alex garland was writing the script based on the one book and he didn't actually read the others and from what i understand the two other books don't actually touch this initial story that's yeah they totally do well they the none of the characters in the first book make an appearance in the other books and the the point being the point being uh I loved how much was unexplained in this book. Hypnosis plays a huge part in yeah, that was really cool in Annihilation, which tells the story of four women, uh, all scientists. I, I guess you would say. Yep, they're on a different expedition, yeah. right? They're all chosen by their profession and their expertise in a given field, and chosen to go into this place, Area X, which is just some sort of fucked up. And they're simply known as their profession, right? Like yeah. the geologist. No the biologist, the, the geologist. geologist. Uh, and once they get into this strange, bizarre, post-apocalyptic exclusion zone, Area uh, X. shit just gets fucked up, and it's really weird. It's like Stalker, I think. Like it's the just lighthouse this... is, is weird, but then when they go into the tower... I love it. ...that's underground. And like the, they call it, we call it the tower, but it's underground. Yeah, and the beauty of this book is that... It establishes a theme of hypnosis really early on, and so you question everything. You you question the 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 protagonist is leaving information out all the time, and then also the information that she's choosing to include is not believable. It's all unreliable. Uh, and and the descriptions of the world around you are are shimmering and out of focus. And there's there's even scenes where. It describes looking at objects and not even being able to really look at them and like not knowing because you can't even understand what you're looking it's, at. It's so amazing. It's, like not there. Yeah, it's amazing how much description Vandermeer puts into stuff that is indescribable and uh, unknowable and unseeable. It's crazy. Good. Um, the, the, this movie is going to be fucking out of control. Like, like the writing. If it's if it's based on this and it's takes some liberties here and there to make it sort of its own, which I think is what it's doing. Uh, but Annihilation is fucking awesome. 
you'd have so many questions if yeah i mean because the series is fantastic it doesn't it doesn't get from get worse from what i understand it takes a lot of things that it sets up in the first book and just straight up explains them yeah no there's answers there's like do i want that do i i love these ambiguities like it's sort of like Imagine if 2001 had two books. I guess there is, a bunch, of, yeah. there is a bunch of sequels. 2010 is actually a cool movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do I want those I, answers? I've, I've seen people on Amazon, on the internet, saying like, oh, I didn't. I shouldn't have read the second book. Hmm. I loved... I'm reading them all. The so. resolution. Like I, I, I fully enjoyed the ride that it took me on. This is because the Southern you have, Reach trilogy. You still have questions, right? It's not, like yep. it's, it's not just yep. handing you <laughs> all of this clearly it's sort of these weird nebulous ideas that are sort of it's more like conceptual than it doesn't covenant you it's sort of like a jurassic park situation in the second book like in the control room no okay i don't know what the fuck i'm well, pumped i already i already have the second book the southern reach you're trilogy in the office. You're, in the, you're in the southern reach yeah this offices is, i'm looking forward to oh, it but i i hope weird. i hope that it stays weird yeah it's, shit gets really weird dead in the it, offices okay annihilation's incredible one of my favorite books ever i'm obsessed with it awesome i watched a movie though and uh it's it's a movie called The Hitman's Body. Oh my god, you saw this? The Hitman's Bodyguard. Okay. Starring uh Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. So Ryan Reynolds is in town. Did he like get you in for free at all? Yeah, or? yeah. He got me into the theater for free on this. Um this movie's brutal. But Samuel L. Jackson in a boat. Uh, it's this movie's not horrible. Okay. Just brutal. But it's just brutal. It's not good. It's just brutal. Okay. Not um, good, not awful you know why this movie's brutal because the premise is stupid gary oldman is the bad guy in this did you guys know that gary oldman's in the bodyguard why is that gary oldman is a great bad guy well i just feel bad like you're better than this scare gotcha (laughs) you're better than this mr Oldman. well he needs to get paid he needs to get he's way better than this uh he's speaking this belarusian russian accent he's this uh dictator who's missed uh you know attempted assassinations he's dodged them all and he has i think victor yushchenko you know that um that politician who's got like those facial scars from this dioxin attack nope nope i know the one that's got like a pink birthmark it makes it makes your face totally fucked up yeah uh, gary oldman's supposed to be some sort of dictator that is on trial and sam jackson is uh testifying against him and ryan reynolds is tasked with getting him to the hague which what the fuck is the hague it's it's a place in the netherlands, the netherlands but like yeah. what what what's so is it's it like some the un neutral territory yeah it's like the home of the un i think uh, or interpol un all, all kinds of the shit. un is in new york isn't it in geneva fuck off uh, it's great to see Sam Jackson getting all gangster, though. Like, he's physical. He's firing guns off. He's... How many MFs does he so, bandy about? I wrote motherfucker in, in very large <laughs> font here. So a couple, at least. Well, this this film is leaning into the motherfuckers mm. to a huge degree. And mm. it's, it's to the point where uh, I think Sam Jackson is, like, maybe done with it. Or he's, like, it's way... It's, it's self-aware. So the film is self-aware of his tendency to say motherfucker at which point i think um (laughs) 
Ryan Reynolds says this guy single-handedly ruined the word motherfucker. Like he's he's describing Sam Jackson's character to another character hmm. in a, in a sort of self-aware way. Um, there's a really good hardware store fight. That would be a good place to have a fight. Real good one. Lots real of violent, real violent movie. Hitman's bodyguard is gory and hilarious. Like hardcore match. Uh, it's one of those you know violent comedies. Action comedy. It, oh, one of those. It's one of those, right? With like a lots of gore, right? Headshots. Um, what? Raunchy humor. Headshots. Heavy violence. You know, you, everyone likes that, right? But Salma Hayek, though, is really attractive. Really fun to look at in the... Talented actress. She's actually really good in this, I will admit. She plays... Um, well, what were you going to say? Sam Jackson's... No, her performance is actually one of the better ones, because everything else is just bullshit. Ah. Uh... uh She's actually pretty funny. She's this prisoner as well, and they're using her uh, as sort of a chip bargaining chip to Sam Jackson's testifying. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. brutal, everybody. Don't see Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah, go see Logan Lucky or... Brigsby Bear? Brigsby Bear, or Good Time. Yeah, or Good Time, maybe. You guys think so? That's going to be a hit or miss for a lot of people, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I also watched Tropic Thunder... Always peace. Yes. Yeah, it's always good. Solid. Uh, you gotta love the part with uh, Jay Baruchel just lay, just laying his whole description of PS3 and Blu-ray and how like you know well there was a schism between Hollywood and some studios were backing HD DVD oh, yeah. and other studios were backing Blu-ray but you know porn was, went with Blu-ray but yeah you know it all comes down to what you know porn backs right and they went with Blu-ray but it also you know Sony Sony PlayStation included a Blu-ray and everything and then uh, Robert Downey Jr. are you talking to me this whole fucking time? <laughs> uh. it is one of the best comedies perhaps ever made it's a brilliant piece of humor uh the director's cut is on youtube which is uh strange well it's got a lot of extra shit that doesn't work it's good though Hmm. um guys we can have a good time i think right is your sprite bottle ready um that is a valuable bottle of sprite let me tell you wait 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 before we do though before we do there's two pieces of news Two pieces of news. And we never do news anymore just because in the interest of time, who gives a fuck? So hit us what's, real what's quick. One, two. They're making an Obi-Wan film. All right. I'd heard about that. At what point in Obi-Wan's life will this take place? Do we know? It's a prequel or a sequel. We don't know yet. If it's a prequel, go fuck yourself. Teenage Obi-Wan. You're an idiot. If they make a prequel, they're idiots. We got to get... It's probably going to be between... It'll bridge the gaps. You know what? I was thinking, imagine how cool an Obi-Wan film could be uh, where Ewan McGregor returns as Obi-Wan, a little older, mm-hmm. living on Tatooine. Yeah, just being in, a desert in, dweller. In the shadows, but the whole time keeping a little close eye on Luke. And there are throughout the film, there are these assassination attempts on Luke that keep getting sort of foiled right this by right Obi-Wan this. and he's and he's foiling them in this really clever sort of maybe so- Soderbergh-esque way where Luke is you know walking down a street in Soderberg. most Eisley right he's walking think Luke is sort Soderberg of Star Wars. strolling down some shady street in um in most Eisley and People are trying to attack him, and all the while, from the shadows, Obi-Wan is just slicing and dicing. Luke is none the wiser that he has this 
sort of guardian guardian Jedi. Jedi always protecting him. He's never known. Uh, I, I don't know. It could be a kind of amazing. Write it. That seems like a slapstick comedy to me. Just write a Star Wars um, treatment, Scott. Yeah, um, that's what you do, right? Well, what are they? Yeah, I'm really curious to see what they're going to do because in Star Wars Rebels, we already revisit Obi Wan on Tatooine, where Darth Maul comes to try and kill him because Darth Maul doesn't die. I don't know if anyone knows that he gets cut in half. Yeah, he does. No, he returns. He comes back. He comes he, back he to has, fight people in Clone Wars. I believe he's got entire lower body is all cybernetic. Of course, Star Wars, man. Yep. Um, I, I wanted to ask you guys. Side note here. So you know about the Machete Order. Right, yeah. the the proper quote unquote order to watch the Star Wars films in. Well, it's a recommended. We'll say yes. You you want to retain the integrity of the twist that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Yeah. Spoiler for everybody who is an idiot from like nineteen. Because if you watch the films in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Rogue One, what? Then the spoiler of Darth Vader being Luke's father is completely ruined. So the machete order, in some cases, takes episode one and flushes it down the toilet like good a turd. Call. Yeah, it's good. So the order of Star Wars should go four, five, two, three, six, before any of this new stuff happened. Yeah. So you watch the two original films... Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. You leave on that cool cliffhanger of Luke, I'm your father. Damn. Let's go back. Episode two. Let's do a little flashback to film. See how Anakin became Darth Vader and cap this whole cool thing off with Return of the Jedi. But where do we stick Rogue One? I was going to say do that first, but I think that would ruin A New Hope. (laughs) Like, if you've never watched them before. But doing a watch now, I, I think I would start with Rogue One. Start with Rogue One before everything. Yep. Hmm. Does that do anything to fuck up Darth Vader, or does that just no, only no, make no. it, it better? No, no, no. It just makes it better, because Rogue One made the movie better by making Dar- uh, Darth Vader even more hmm. badass. Hmm. And it leads right into... It leads right into A New Hope. Like, literally... Right into the story, I guess. So you start the whole saga off with Rogue One, and you see because the end, yeah, it really does underline it's how like much ten of a, minutes before A New Hope starts, how, yeah. how much of a badass Vader is, right? Yeah, you do start from a better place, perhaps. Okay, well then there goes that. I would have argued maybe stick Rogue One between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, well, just no. as a nice little sort of palate cleanser. Hey, but well, because if you're watching. A New Hope, you can still be like, oh, fuck. Like, really? There's that weakness in the Death Star? Blah, 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 blah. Like, Rogue One fixed that complaint. Yeah, right? and then like, you don't know which Death Star they're stealing plans for. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a mess. There's too many Death Stars, everybody. Um, and there's, like, a mega Death Star? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, that, like, I, shoots I, I Death Stars? I guarantee there's a Death Star in The <laughs> Last fires Jedi. fires Death Star. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice. <laughs> and when, you, when it opens no its mouth, way. it shoots Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> um... The only other thing here is there's a Joker standalone film in the works where... Oh, yeah, right. Jared Leto is not involved. And this is going to be like Are a we ta- hard-boiled... And um, Martin Scorsese is producing this thing. Yeah, but we also have to mention that there's a Joker and Harley Quinn movie at the same time starring Jared Leto and Margot Robbie. So the idea- There are two Joker movies coming out. I'm actually fine with this. 
I'm fine with this. Think about why, it. Why, it's, it's why can't stupid. no? Why can't studios do this? Why, well, why can't, can't we come up with like more original shit? Okay. So, side note: I don't know if you noticed, the DC Cinematic Universe is a clusterfuck train a wreck, disaster. So they're just trying to limp along with that. Well, I think they might do better by saying, "Okay, we're not. It's not working. Mimicking Marvel, we're too far behind, and it's not working. And we're never going to even get in this race. So why don't we just make cool solo mil- films that are sort of a little more separated off from a mainline thing that we might continue, we might not. And I think that's a great idea, but that's they're, they're also doing the one that's related to the rest, right? They're like, diversifying, if you will. Yeah, but... It's wh- like real comics, right? There's like unrelated This is how comics really work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my problem is... It, no one gets int- confused, you know? For all intents and purposes, it seems like they got rid of the Gotham City Sirens movie to make this new Joker Harley Quinn movie. So they're like, oh shit, we can't have another movie starring. It was going to be like Poison Ivy, Catwoman, and a Harley Quinn. So female led movie. They're like, oh no, let's just get Joker back in here and make two movies about him. It's a clusterfuck, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a train wreck. Everybody. And Suicide Squad leads us to believe that these will be good movies. I think it's yes. a, it's an interesting idea. It, it, the the Joker movie is directed by Todd Phillips. I really want to see that one by Martin Scorsese. Todd Phillips joined us last year for War Dogs, which I thought was a Meh. step. It's a step towards him making real movies. I guess right. I, guess. I think Todd Phillips might be moved just slowly but surely working he's towards. Almost, he's learning how to make a movie. Y- yeah, he's my my debut film is coming soon. You know. <laughs> I think making old school and making the Hangover films and stuff—it doesn't. They don't. They're a different kind of. Movie. Well, you're just getting your friends together and getting wasted and turning the camera on. So yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting choice if you've got a crazy lead. Maybe Bradley Cooper as Joker. Hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to think who Todd Phillips works with, but Warner Brothers. Can fuck off. Yeah. Get your shit together. <laughs> it's a joke. Who is that, uh, the actor who played the brother in Get Out? The creepy brother who wanted to wrestle? Oh, him? yes. Fuck. The, the weird red-haired no. dude. I could see him as Joker. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, guys, speaking of brothers, we got to get yours and mine out of Rikers Island. Are you saying that we have handicapped brothers? No, I'm just saying... Your, bo- your brother's in jail is what I'm saying. Hey. And you're not going to leave him there. They didn't put him in Rikers because of that. Todd, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Scott just said you were handicapped. Damn! So <laughs> we robbed a bank and uh, the old... We got dusted, you know. If yeah. you rob a bank, you got to expect to get dyed up. Like, like you're that's go- the you're gonna first get, thing. You're going to get a dye job and there's going to be red powder in your fucking nostrils in 10 minutes after you walk out the door, right? You got to think about the dye pack. How do you avoid that if you're a robber? They you don't. You say robber. don't. Don't put a fucking dye pack in there. And they go okay. Oh. I, well, I would like to. I would like to think that if he had just left with what he got originally, they would have been fine. I would tell them to put bill by bill, one at a time. <laughs> uh, let's drink some acid sprite, so we don't remember this review. I don't know. That's maybe. No? Is that harsh? Yeah.
next? You're incredible, do you understand? Yeah. I'm serious. You think I could have done that without you standing next to me being strong? Are you feeling this? Are you feeling the I'm feeling right now? Yeah, I'm cold. You're cold? Yeah. Let's get to Virginia, man. Just keep your head now. Turn around. He's all right. We didn't do anything. Oh, oh, oh. Get back here. So I told you about my brother, yeah? Something happened. I don't know exactly what. He's been arrested. He's being held at Rikers Island. Love. Oh my God, that's awful. Make me queen. You just gotta get him out of there before something bad happens. He could get killed in there. The another 10 grand you get another 10 grand your brother will get out so that was a clip from good time a bank robber tries to avoid the law closing in on him that's about it it does close in on him pretty tight though is, that, it? is that it i mean he's it's, Th- it's that's it yeah it's like he's trying to part of a big part of the movie is that he's trying to get his brother out of a yeah Rikers out of, out of yeah. prison come on got to get the money together good time is written and directed by ben and josh safty and it stars robert pattinson jennifer jason lee ben safty barkad abdi uh and that's about it no one really in this one it's a small cast yeah Mm -hmm. so this is the doldrums of summer guys it's the slowest weekend since 9-11 not people, a joke. People are not going to the movies right no, now. The, it's the, too nice outside. No, it's it's because it was actually really, really shitty outside. It's the opposite of that. Uh, oh, it was nice here. <laughs> well, there's a hurricane. Nobody went to the movies, and also people just stayed in and watched a boxing match. Yeah. So Because apparently everyone gives a shit about boxing all of a sudden. I hate... Uh, anyways, what's not? We chose to review Good Time. Was it a good time? Was it a great time? Was it a mediocre time? Red, what's yeah. up? Um, this this movie, like, I don't know. Robert Pattinson was fantastic in this. Um, I think the movie <clears throat> was pretty good. Uh, I had there was a couple of moments where I was thinking about the pacing, but that that very quickly passed. Um, I had some issues in the theater, let's say. There was a, a really boisterous person clapping and stuff that was distracting at some points of the movie, which I which really pulled me out and, and Were was they unfortunate. A Were they like an R-Pat fan? It was just... I, I don't know. There was There's a big moment in the film where something is revealed and and this gentleman was just like... Oh, Come on. Come on. Oh, man. I was so engrossed. And then that just hmm. like... <laughs> zapped me back into my Shit. my chair in the cineplex wow um but uh no i think this movie had some moments that were like really really emotionally affecting um but also some some odd choices in the writing um not bad ones but you know definitely these guys the the safty brothers have their own style um and some surprises along the way so yeah you know what actually as i'm talking about it i think because i i was also um, i was very much watching this and like thinking as a teacher i was like oh this is a great example of someone who's uh gifted uh you know but he's not challenged at school probably dropped out and this is the sort of 
Like he's so skilled at navigating social interactions that he can just manipulate people so easily, especially when they're young. Like when he's talking to the girl and he finds out she's like 16, he's like, you can do, I'll make you do whatever I want. Um, it's, he's just so terrible, but he's also sort of, he's, he's not unsympathetic. Like you still sort of, you see how, I, I don't know if you, if I fully see how he got to where he is because he's a pretty miserable guy. But uh, it was an interesting glimpse into this sort of life of, of these two brothers. And, oh, and I, can't, I can't wait to crack into this. The Nikas family. What do you think? What do you like, Mike? Uh, I thought it was an okay time. <laughs> okay like, time? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I have... I can admit maybe this movie was not aimed at me. I have an issue with movies that just scream awards bait. Like, this seems... So to exist solely as a vehicle to get Robert Pattinson some sort of award. Um, that's the only thing I could think about this whole time. What bugged me about actually watching this movie and took it down a few notches for me is the over usage of the intimate extreme close up. Yeah. Like I got so tired of looking at someone's nose for this whole movie. Uh, like there's not enough medium or even longer shots to just, you know, make those close-ups more impactful as opposed to just the whole thing where I think I'm just way too close to these people. And I understand that it's a directorial choice so that you, it is more intimate. Like you see all the emotions on their faces, but again, I think that's simply done as an awards tool. Did you think, I think it, well, it also, sorry, it also adds to, we can disagree about many things in this movie, but it is intense and it is gripping and it is, propulsive and very suspenseful and i think the use of close-ups and stuff at least is an attempt yeah to so all of those for things sure that you just mentioned along with i think the the use of neons and and some of the music a lot of this had me thinking about uh spring breakers nicholas winding refn actually okay, is okay, what i was okay, gonna say okay. um you know with some of the uh, i don't know it just really it reminded me of um what's the animal's uh, or no beasts that we just saw the one about the model <laughs> neon, neon demon, demon yeah. neon, neon demons uh, yeah the use of deep rich psychedelic colors this one is a reminds me of spring breakers a little bit but uh, it's it's very indie uh, the acting is stellar like Robert Pattinson does a fantastic job of portraying this character um, I just I'm not really not sure what the point of it is <laughs> I mean it's like about the, the it's about journey, brotherhood, right? I know, but the journey we go on, the only thing I can really come up with and I'd love for you guys to help me out with this is simply crime doesn't pay. Like <laughs> that's we see all of these we just saw a heist movie which was great and cool and made it look awesome. This is like a street level, these are real criminals. Here's one here's a side of it. There you are. I don't, I don't I, think I, it's about brotherhood it's at all. Anticlimactic as hell. I think totally. This, I think this movie is about it's like the classic hubris. It's like, think about the scene where he's in the hotel room and he's telling this drunk guy that he thinks he's the drunk guy is like a useless parasite. Like he's, I'm so much better than you. He's just saying these things. Mm-hmm. He's completely lacking in any sort of reflection. He's, he's absolutely like, mm-hmm. he's not, objective about things whatsoever he he's like so narcissistic and selfish um and like it's the same in the relationship with the jennifer jason lee and and 
you see all of his increasingly poor decisions and, and it's just a negative downward spiral that he's on. It's only a matter of time, I think. Well, and you're right. Like, I don't think this is about brotherhood either because if, if he cared about his brother the way he says he does, oh. why the hell would he take him to the bank to be part of this robbery off well, the start? Yeah. Oh, the beginning of the movie it's, broke my heart. It's like, established as, as someone very, that works yeah. special ed to see him tell his brother who's like having a breakthrough with a therapist he tells him to he's like but he's writing down my notes and he's like tear them up i went oh my god they're like, ga- they're making progress here and, and that that whole scene the opening scene which involves starts with a cool dark night shot coming in to this like skyline yeah, yeah it's really it's, it's dope that is a nice shot <laughs> and, dark and light and it's it's a really intense back and forth therapy scene where as soon as Nick is making a bit of progress and we're seeing some bit of trust being developed. There's between, a crack in the in the facade. That's when Connie comes in and interrupts it. And that's like a metaphor for their, his entire relationship with his brother. Right? With, sure. with everyone. Everyone that Connie meets. Whenever he inter- interrupts, he's a disruption but and a negative impact. His, his brother, like, he might be the reason his brother has has never made any progress and has always remained, mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean, antisocial and violent and, you know, the way... It, he's, it's clear how much of a problem Connie is right from the opening scene in not in every aspect of his brother's life, right? Oh, that, that scene is so powerful in painting a picture of Connie. And he doesn't even... He says, like, you know, a sentence, you know, like, come on, get out of here, rip it up. And the next scene, I believe they're in the bank yeah. <laughs> robbing it. Oh, yeah. They uh, waste no time on that one. Yeah, the the movie ratchets up the intensity um, pretty well. I I don't know if I'm a fan of it. I think it's a decent time as well, Mike. Yeah. Um, I think the, the hype on this one is probably squarely on Robert Pattinson's performance, which I think might even be overrated Well, as well. It, like, I think it's great. But they're after him. You can hear it. Yeah, yeah. Because right. uh, that's a good point. Because I was thinking about this. I would said it yesterday. It's like, well, if Robert Pattinson, like, if the performance wasn't as good, this movie would be nowhere near as good. Like, and that I, I mean, that's fair to say for a bunch of films. But in this case, if the main actor is not so good, the whole movie just mm. falls apart. I saw an interview with uh, the Safties, and I feel like they wrote this movie with him. Like he was, he, he had pursued them saying, I want to make a movie with you. I'll make anything. And they were like, oh, okay. That's the kind of people that we want to work with, you know, like enthusiastics. What what else have they done? That was a weird way to say that. Um, Like how did, I don't think anything. How did Pattinson know who these guys were? Like, it's weird. He's a big film fan. I guess he must've seen heaven knows what I think is their other movie. That's he saw that other one, which I guess is probably pretty good if he's that into them. Um, but yeah, you can tell they wrote. Th- this is supposed to be a reversal of everything you think you know about Robert Pattinson, right? Like he's this strung out, cracked out dude. Old his relationship here is with someone twice his age. Yeah, he's just conning. He's just playing everybody that he's he, in contact right? with. Though he it, just wants money. He's finally shedding that Twilight persona. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's this is his. Uh, yeah, remember in uh, Seventh Heaven when Jessica Biel was like, "I don't want to get that image," and she did some like sexy photo shoot. Yeah, this is that. Yeah, sexy photo that, shoot. That, this is it. Yeah, of course, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about he's that. Been working, I was thinking about Seven Heaven. He's been working his watching. He's been working his way to this point, and now. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> nice photo shoot there, Rob. I, I, I'm not a giant fan of this movie. I got to be honest with you. I liked it, and I thought it was gripping and exciting on, on sort of just a purely popcorn level, and watching it is a lot of fun. Um, and the soundtrack is rippling. Yeah. And What's the guy's name? One O Tricks. One O Tricks. Something. Never or something. Yeah. It's a weird. I don't know how to say it. It's not a real name. Um. But what? yeah, the, the soundtrack is 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 this almost like outrun or vaporwave, but without any beats. It's just it's just score. Those like rippling, roiling synths that sort of just lead you into weird crescendos and arpeggiate and it's like playing on a keyboard with two fingers it's great stuff and i think there's robert pattinson's really driven paranoid um you know performance coupled with these twinkling retro beats uh and then you've got some pinks and some neons and some reds i'm i'm not surprised why people are falling in love with this thing um I think it might be trying a bit too hard. For well, example, the scene where they go to a, for no fucking reason, other than just it's trippy and looks cool, let's go to Adventureland, right? We have to go to a, an amusement park yeah. because there's going to be a black light and some neon uh, monsters. Like, There's no reason for that sequence to take place there other than just to add another neon sheen. Well, I think that's a trippy, part of, psychedelic layer to the movie. So I saw that as, and this is one issue that I did have with the movie, was I, I saw some reviews describing this movie as comic or comedic. And I think that is one thing that they're aiming for, like the, the Playland element, like the story when you're hearing it is so unbelievable. And then you end up going to this carnival place. It's actually kind of ridiculous to the point of almost being funny. I didn't find this movie comic at all. No. So... I, I was, when people around me, like when the guy was clapping and, and like, I was like, what the, f- would you shut up, man? Like, you're ruining this serious movie. But I guess people think this is funny. So I, I liked it, but I don't see the humor in it. I guess you could call it a, it's not even a dark comedy, right? Like it's. It's absurd. It's, yeah. And, and upsetting. Like, it's, it's all bad. Nothing good. You know, I mean, the, the, the there are some good things, I mean, I guess, but. We can talk about spoilers soon, yeah. but uh, it it just I, I get know. the sense this film, as you you said, like this is just trying way too hard to be more important than it is to be edgy. Yeah, like it's it, it reeks of trying, which is rubbed me the wrong way. It's a shame because I I do respect the story and this. Um, sort of connection that's trying to happen over the course of one night. It's a very simple setup, right? Like you've committed this crime and your your family members in jail and you're just trying to bust them out. Like it's simple and clean and 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 a good story to tell over the course of one crazy night. Mm-hmm. Well, um and what I did like about it is how you think it's about his brother, but really it's not so like it his brother's in it for a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really about him trying to correct his mistake for the one person he actually cares about, which is his brother. And like, It doesn't get you there, though, right? Not, well, it, it, it ends on such a strange note. Horrible, dude. It's just like, oh, and by the way, here you go. Yeah, it, it's such like, a lazy way of telegraphing any sort of catharsis. We're jumping ahead. Yeah, what did you... You don't like this movie? Uh, it's a decent time, okay? 
It's a decent time, everybody. Okay, we got to get into spoilers, though. Um, yeah, I mean, before we do, though, I mean, I guess we can set up a bit of the plot here. Uh, I, I like we said that opening scene is really great, where you interrupt. Like, it's a great way to add, uh, like, introduce Nick's character with a lot of sympathy, um, and then you immediately despise Connie's character. Mm-hmm. Well, anyone with a conscience. Um, but it's it's then you are connected because Connie's the only one who can really take care of this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's obvious that Connie, you know, in his own way, actually really does love his brother. Mm-hmm. So when they're in this bank heist scene, it's just the intensity level is fucking high. Heart because pounding. Well, because it, there's a lot of like things could wild cards, I guess, in this in this situation here. Yeah, his brother's like pulling at the mask and stuff, and, and I, trying I, to run. Oh, man, I love when when the action does bust out after this heist goes wrong, where the die breaks in the getaway car in the Uber. Yeah, the the action ebbs and flows and rises and falls in such a fucking awesome way of sort of. Like you sort of calm down for a little bit and you oh, think wait. we're out and then like it just flares back up again. Like that whole sequence just keeps going and going and going and and it arguably there's the rest of the movie follows this pattern, I guess, where the, the cops are breathing down Connie and Connie's neck really the entire time. Like they're you get the sense that they're kind of ten feet away really at any moment they could bust the door down. Um I, I I do like that that cat and mouse. Yeah, the sense of being chased never ends throughout the entire movie. Um, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, you know, there's it just it really feels like he is just exposed in this. Yeah, but he gets away with so much. I know. Yeah, I didn't and feel it, like he was being chased when um, when he was with the young girl driving around. Um, what do, you, what do you guys think of that late credit drop, though? Pretty fucking tight. Yeah. What, what are you referring to? Like, the opening credits start dropping about, like, 20 minutes into the movie. We start getting, like, it says Robert Pattinson, like, 20 minutes into the movie. And, like, good time. It Well, that's starts, earlier, but... But, yeah, really, really late. We start getting cast names start rolling across the screen. Why do that? I, I think it's a nice way to slice off the intro and the bank heist sequence as this is the prologue, not necessarily being part of the main story. And hmm. the driving force of this plot is getting him out of jail, not really robbing banks. Um, gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like directors when they drop credits very, super fucking late like that. It was that. very stylish to- choice. Like, I appreciated that quite a bit. Um the bail bondsman guy's kind of shady. Jennifer Jason Lee is not really. She is messed up. There's no reason for her to be in this movie, right? Like, there's no payoff for her character whatsoever. It, nope. it shows a bit more of Robert Pattinson, I think. No, but why is her character treated? Why is a huge actress in this role if the character has no payoff? Right. We we bought we kind of screw her over and squeeze a bunch of money out of her and. We don't f- have any resolution for for Robert Pattinson's actions uh, on her and on many others, which I'm going to get into. Um, I think the side characters really get shortchanged in this movie, right? The young girl, Crystal. 
But I think it's to show and Barkad Abdi, like the, the security guard. Like why? Why is he in this? Well, they, they all. I, yeah, this is I think to show how um, Connie just views all relationships as means to an end. Yeah. They're all disposable. They're all just like they show up to be used and then and then discarded. Yeah, exactly. Like none of these people have any staying power in the film because Connie doesn't care about any of them. Like they're just. There's They're only just one there. person. Fair it's enough. Means to an end. Fair enough. But I guess this this goes to show you how much, like how anticlimactic the ending of this really is for every character, not just the side ones. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to disagree. Oh man. Um, but what what is the nature of his relationship with Jennifer Jason Lee? He's uh, abusing she, her for she's, money. For she's, money. She's a sugar mama. Yeah, she's enabling addict. She's probably addicted as well to something. And uh, he just gets money out of her because yep. she's in love with him. Um, she wants that patent center. But yeah, that like like I was saying earlier, this this sense of cat and mouse, these cops are breathing down your neck at every moment. Um, you guys said it. Connie never really comes across like he's going to get caught. Even how close the police are getting to him at every moment, he feels... He lives sli- life like this. He feels slippery. He can wriggle mm. his way out of anything that comes at him. Yeah, where totally. Even to the point where him him wearing that... He's wearing Barkhad Abdi's security uniform, and you, you don't really buy him in... He looks like a thug wearing a... That's just because his shirt's untucked. But it doesn't... <laughs> it, it's brilliant to me, because... They kind of suspect that something's going on, and even when, even when Connie's trying to pull off, looking legit, he still looks like a wreck. Like, oh, but he—he's absolute. But this is why it shows his skill, though. Like, he's like a magician. It's all about the misdirect. Yeah, like, yeah, he, that's he what puts, I'm saying. He puts like the veil on, and nobody looks close enough. And it's not until like he's long gone and safe, and then they're like, "Wait a minute, let's." Oh, it's such a great uh, meditation on that too, because nobody does look close enough. Like, how many times a day do you actually look at someone who you're passing by? Like, really, just take a good look at them. Yeah, you never do, really. Like, you're just like, okay, well, well the social whatever. engineering that he does, like in. There's one scene in a hospital where he has to get past a security guard and the way he talks to him and the, the questions that he asks him, he, he paints himself as he's total crack, innocent. It's crackhead Jason Bourne. Right. It's crackhead Jason Bourne. You know, the, the power of crack gives him these... He's cr- not a crackhead, though. No, he's not. He's That's just, the thing. He's, he's just he, a greaseball. He doesn't do any drugs in the movie, I don't think, does he? Nope. Yeah. He's not some strung out. He's not a user. Yeah, he's a user of people, not of drugs. Um, so we we break out of this hospital scene with Nick, right? We've we've learned that Nick has been in a fight at Rikers Island and been transferred to a hospital where a lot of inmates are taken if there are any medical situations under strict police control i got it like you're you, saying man. this this scene is kind of funny where he's going well, to how, he gets, how he finds out what floor it is and all of this it's it's a little bit of a metal gear solid kind of i got i just got a situation like, the whole uh jail scene and shit like that made me so pissed off at how I, i'm sure this happens all the time how nick shouldn't have even been in there simply because his mental fa- like he has no idea how to actually be there and then he gets the shit kicked out of him because the authorities were like no you're a criminal throw yeah, him in yeah. there and it's like oh no you couldn't his mental state like 
is probably not suitable to be thrown no, in with not at all. just a bunch of inmates. And he's just behaving the way yeah. he normally does, and he's scared, yeah. but he doesn't understand what's going on, and that got pissed but he's, me off there's, so much. Yeah, that's the reality for a lot of people with yeah. you know mild to severe intellectual yeah. impairment. <laughs> right. and, oh. uh, and, and then the whole sequence of him sort of Connie bringing Nick home on the the ambulance and then sort of doubling back to the 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 couple that he sees earlier brilliant move because they wouldn't be looking there for an earlier drop off and stuff and he's oh i thought i had only three people on this route why yeah. are you here and it's all just again slipping by i don't know what to tell you this called he's, ahead he's, he's, he's engineering everything he's yeah. such a wriggly slippery guy and uh, I, I thought that the whole payoff of this central scene in this house actually was pretty good where, as you said, he sees Crystal, finds out, oh, you're 16. Okay, I'm just going to take full advantage of you wherever I need to. Not in necessarily a sexual way. No, in not pure, in a sexual well, Exactly. I mean, that might come into it, but... I, I actually like that scene because they're watching TV, his mugshot pops up, and then he just bends over and plants a big wet kiss on her and she's best day of her life. It's like whatever, I make out with old guys. That's cool. Maybe not best day of her life. But she it's established earlier that she isn't just some innocent cuz she's had some drug dealer boyfriend and mm. stuff. So we've we've carefully established this character as being capable of probably taking care of herself. Yeah. And but, then But Connie's a skilled manipulator, so he exactly. just uses her for whatever he needs. And it's a, it's a complex relationship that I don't feel is paid off well enough because there's a scene later. I like that scene later. But there's a scene later where he says, you're part of my destiny. I mean, he's just bullshitting her yeah. completely, obviously, oh, no, right? I, I like, I'm I'm talking about, like, later on we see it, Connie's true nature when, when he's in the security uniform and he sees her. Yeah. You know, uh, just disposable. This is probably where we get into spoilery time. Yeah, because, because something happens at uh, this girl's house. There is a kind of a hilarious, probably the funniest part of the movie, I would argue, is this slapstick, wacky sort of twist, I guess you could call it's it. It's so goofy. I saw it coming a mile away, so when everybody started laughing, I didn't actually get why everybody was laughing. Because you were like, it's actually happening? Well, spoilers, everybody. Yep. When we're breaking Nick out of the hospital, we don't hear him say anything. We don't get any confirmation of his face, really, other than just bandages. I mean, this is one of the oldest tricks in the book. You know, yep. if, if you've got a character in a movie wearing a bunch of bandages, who is it under those bandages, right? Connie broke the wrong dude out of prison, and this dude doesn't remember squat. But it's hilarious to watch this poor guy's reaction. Where the fuck am <laughs> bro, I? Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> There's so many uses of the word bro from this character. And as soon as he starts talking... Um, as soon as he says bro the first time, you're like, well, who the fuck is that? For, for a split second, I, I had a funny idea that, oh, maybe people are going to think that his brother is now out of character and they're, they're you know, it's a ruse. Him being slow is this part of an act. Right when That's it's just one, why does I he guess, have this thick, one misinterpretation? Why, why does he have this thick New Jersey accent all of a sudden? What's going on, bro. right? Bro, yeah, bro, bro, where the fuck am I, bro? 
<laughs> and, and the movie then goes on a crazy right turn. Where story the, in a story. Where the rest of the movie is kind of laid out for you when this dude uh, reveals that, just, luckily, by some miracle, he happens to own the most valuable bottle of Sprite in the history Ever. of mankind. Yeah. Which is just full, like, of with fi- like full. 500 milli- milliliters of liquid acid liquid acid that's ready to be i guess put onto flintstone paper put onto blotters yeah like the the street value we we don't get a number on that they never say it like they're asking for fractions of what it would actually be worth because it's like time sensitive right like he's like i just need the money now i don't care i just give me what i want i don't care how much this is actually worth but like a bottle full of that because that shit is like rare it doesn't get made like you it's it's never in that large a quantity, I would imagine. That's worth millions. I don't and know. Mi- I think it's worth millions. It could and millions be. Of it could be. Um, once this character introduces this magical bottle of acid sprite, the roadmap of the movie is kind of laid out for you, yeah, isn't it? Connie's like, ears prick up, and he's like, oh. "You kind of see where the like it rolls the carpet out, pours a bunch of acid on it, and <laughs> you know where it's going because now we basically have a." We're going to attempt to recover the acid sprite. B, we're going to sell the acid sprite for insane money. And C, now we're going to be able to afford 10 10 extra Gs to get Nick out of there. Do you feel that the story needed to be as drawn out of that guy? Because that really took me out of it for a while. Because we just sat there listening to this dude's... It's a a, total aside, right? It became a a different movie at that point. Totally agree. Well, I kind of liked it. It was a little bit of fun energy and it it changed tones and changed yeah like that was jarring to me yeah i, I mean it was yeah, fun it was fun it was, weird. it was fun to get out of the monotony of that shitty night that robert pattinson finds himself in i, I kind of liked an escape from that i'm gonna agree with that too i think it was because like everything was just terrible like <laughs> we were just with this horrible character who treats his brother badly even it's though he like, thinks he loves him and then all of a sudden this tangent this guy's just a drunk idiot it's who, not any better though the tangent's dark too yeah <laughs> it's shitty yeah um but again just in case you forgot that this movie's stylish we have to go to the black light adventure land just because it looks trippy um i don't like any of this sequence i feel it's messy and unfocused i don't I, you could cut it out and have the same you know we just all we need to do is retrieve the bottle of Sprite. Yeah. I what is it? What does this whole extra sequence add to the final, final outcome? I don't understand the. I, it's the, it's what leads like the, secu- to the, the security demise. guard. Is it to set up that this dude is just incompetent because the security guard catches him and then goes after Robert Pattinson? And like, why the hell are you doing this? You've called the cops. Wait for the cops, and then of course Robert Pat Nick uh, Constantine just knocks like, him out. Him. <laughs> and then then they're fine like what I, I i did not like where this escalated to and then they go and to his apartment yeah it, it that's where we we end things on the security guard's apartment from adventureland okay what i didn't like was that we followed uh robert pattinson through all of this movie and then at the end we see his capture basically through this random dude's field of like his his point of view he's yeah. just looking down at this whole thing happen like really this is what we get like this just removed from this scenario 
Like, we're not down. This whole movie, we've been in your face with these intimate close-ups, and then we just don't get that at the end? We're completely distanced yeah. from any sort of catharsis or any sort of realizations on on Connie's behalf. The, the finale, where Homeboy just jumps out the window because he's trying to get away. Well, he doesn't jump out the window. He's wasted. Well, I guess he's yeah. drunk as fuck, and he's trying to escape, and it... I didn't understand where he's attempting to go, and the next shot, he's just already falling. It's not well-directed if you're trying to explain to me what the fuck is going on. Oh, he's trying again, to, he's again, trying to get I over think, to the balconies. Yeah. To the next down. side. And I over. think it's just to, to reinforce how disposable and how, how Connie just uses relationships, and they don't mean anything to him, to the point where you know people are dying very quickly after meeting him. Like, this is the impact that he has on people. Well, and that's when we get back to a real close-up, probably one of the closest shots. Where right? we're pushing in through the bars on the police yeah, car. Yeah, we dissolve through the bars of the police car, and we close up on him. And and we're supposed to feel I that think, he is taking... That is him taking responsibility like, for all of the actions. No, no, and, and, no he's gaining focus. I think the reason that we were so distant is because he, it was so far garbage. from what he... Garbage. So far from what he... It was not something that he ever saw happening. So when it finally zooms back in, he's like realizing what's going on. And that's when we go back to his brother. And this, to me, there was some weird direction with this because like to me, when the credits started rolling was the most emotionally affecting part of the whole movie. I'd agree. I'd agree. But there's barely... They don't explore it whatsoever. Iggy Pop is awesome. Iggy Pop is just grumbling and and sounds like he's on the verge of tears. And this this song has this trembling sound to it. It's it's a cool track to end the movie on. And the credits start rolling as his therapy session is happening. And it's it's a nice moment. But wow. like do he's you get finally fuck this in the you, environment that he needs garbage? Do but you look get, at how long it's taken and look at the what he had to go through to get into like the institutional care that he requires? Mike, what's up? Do you get any sense that Connie? has taken responsibility for all of the shitty things that he's done to his brother. No. The only, like, what I got out of this is he's been caught, so the only way he can help his brother now is to just say, oh, shit, it was me. Like, yeah, he's, so for, like, he's his realizing last, that. Well, as, he's realizing it, but that's his last resort. He wouldn't have done that unless he absolutely had to. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like, he's not, he makes no choice to to sacrifice himself or quote unquote or he makes no yeah he's not altruistic or noble no. in any way so what the fuck is this then and i i agree with his him. downfall like the, okay but the last the, the alan alda uh, gandalf wannabe at the end says what your brother did was really respect like we don't no he's saying that to save that so has nothing all, to do with reality and that's all bullshit that's how you would you're dealing with a brainwashed handicapped person like he's trying to do undo a lot of damage, so he's of course he's saying like I under you have to say I understand why he did what he did and it was right in his view, and then you can start to say but look at you know like now we're gonna go and learn how to actually be a productive member of society. We're not gonna rob banks, and you know we're gonna play games where you learn how to interact with groups of people. You so know? no, nobody learned anything as a direct result of the plot. No, as a, the, the as a direct result. <laughs> The brother, like, ends up in the care that he needs. 
where he was before. Um, no, because Connie was ripping him out of that. I know. That's how the movie begins. Right? I, I mean, like, nothing's changed. That's like, what we're trying like, to get at here. Like, if Connie, if the... Connie didn't rip him out, the end result would have happened at the start of the movie. So yes. it's, not like this, uh, it's not like there's this epic journey of realization that happens. It's just a clusterfuck. And that, I think that's the point, because that's what like, Connie is just a destructive person. What yeah. did we learn? Uh, but what, what, what the fuck did we Connie learn? That Connie needs to be but there's taken no, out of the but situation. But there's no payoff. His character doesn't grow in any way, shape, or form. And like with, no regrets. With, does, does Connie display any regrets for his actions? Exploiting. That's all coming now, though. That's after. Oh, that's that's during. That's that's after the credits roll. Oh yeah, gotcha. So well, and, when and what? with the, you with the credits, with the credits, this is another stylistic choice. And to me, these directors, like like these these guys, seem like they're throwing a bunch of different things that they think would be a cool idea. And some of it works. Like the late titles, I really liked that because that's where the plot really kicks up. But the early credits, you were talking about this one being one of the most emotionally powerful scenes in the film, where uh, Nick starts to actually move across move the room. across the room and take part. You're right, but it's stuck behind the fucking rolling credits. Like, it's, that's it, what a shame. Like, yeah. that's, what a sad place to put this. That's like the heart of your movie. Yeah. Maybe that's that's the, like that is the payoff, and you're just covering it. With all the, all of the credits, I, I get you want to see who was in this movie. Like people should watch our credits. Oh, it's garbage. But this might There's not two mean things happening at once, and I want to focus yeah, on the movie. This, before this I... might not mean anything to you guys, but I explained it to somebody else, and maybe some of our listeners will like it. Uh, I describe this movie as the contemporary dance of the movie world because contemporary dance in the dance world is this weird, like it's mainly for dancers to appreciate. Like, you have to be a dancer to really like contemporary dance. So this film, you have to be really involved in film or a director or something along those lines. To tr- They're trying to just play to them and not a larger audience. And so they make these weird stylistic choices, which sometimes are great, other times are not. But then I get the feeling that... Uh, uh, other other filmmakers might be like, oh, that was a daring choice. I really appreciate that. Even though it was actually a shitty choice because it, because it was different, they applaud that choice. I don't know. Do you I think that? But you're probably right, but there's also a, another section of people who just love vaporwave music and just love neon shit and people doing drugs and drinking weird acid sprite and yeah, just I'm go... Yeah, totally in that demographic. I, I think that's why I like this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I like the vaporwave. Like... And all of that. It's just, it goes back to all of my complaints. Way too much uh, extreme close up because they're trying to be super intense and you want to be super intimate with these characters to see everything that's happening, but you're doing it the whole goddamn time. Like, it's too much of what something is, is like, you know, hold on. Too much of anything is a bad thing, right? Like, you need to do it in moderation. Including moderation. There needs to be checks and balances here, and they're just doing too much at once with that for me. And then there's these other choices that they've made that, I don't know, it's... Yeah, I feel like I, I was on board for the first hour, and then it started to lose me as I knew that we were not going to get any real concrete resolution, I felt like. And, and and if we do get any concrete resolution, like there might be some there. A lot of it happens off screen. This is a movie for actors. <laughs> I, I have to we uh, applaud the verisimilitude. Mm-hmm. Of I like this movie. You, you can just stop there. That sounds good. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> no, like the the therapist. Absolutely, all those sessions seem absolutely spot on. 
the acting of the special needs brother is is incredible. Yeah, that's that's it's very well done. That's I believe Ben Safty. Yeah, it's one of the the brothers. Uh, um, and yeah. I think the you know the the shots in the uh, bail bonds office, the everything does felt really real. You know, it felt really dirty and just sort of like yeah. the underbelly of the things that are open overnight that you wonder, you know, who's going in there? Connie's going in there. Yeah, it does feel like a nightmarish, like, I don't know if it feels real. Um, it's sort of surreal. Yeah, if you will. Well, the whole, the whole film yeah. is surreal. Like, that's, they, they color it well with their surreal brush. Um, guys, what are we giving out in terms of scores here? This one, I think, I, we're, I think we might not be hammering it. We might sound like we're harsher than we are. Yeah, I'm curious what your scores will I'm go- be. I'm going seven. Oh fuck, you beat me to it. And you two are sevens? two. Yeah, you are two. Uh, I'm going to be higher than you guys. It's actually a seven and a half, <laughs> but I don't know. Well, I want to go eight actually. No, that's fair. I'm sort you of ping ponging between those two. Do like, not be afraid to put the number on it. We don't judge. We just... He's doing eight. No, he's not. He's doing yeah, seven and a half. No, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I to gotta reward wow. the uh, originality. That's fair. That and uh, that, the That risks. in itself is worth rewarding. I yeah, feel totally. like we're losing some street cred by not being over the moon with good time. I, like, as you're saying, this is very much like a, a film fans it, that's movie it, 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 and i it reeks of that to me which is my problem yeah, with it. yeah and um like only only 80s kids would make a movie like this right like the, the directors are clearly born in the 80s um and <laughs> i don't know 80s is all the rage right now they could no it's true they could have been born in like 98 and still be well if, the, if they were born in 98 yeah they are doing a great job at getting stuff made uh, that's our review of Good Time. If you see the movie and agree or disagree with our takes, please email verticalviewing at gmail.com. This one was weird. This one was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like it was. Wish a, I, wish I oh. liked it more than I did, but like it was a great reflection on this shitty character that, I, as we've hammered over and over, yeah. went nowhere really. Red disagrees. Red had some emotional impact on it, but. Yeah, I, I I have written down here. I was trying to be, uh, I forget. There's a word for when you use. You should have written it down. Uh, the verb twice, in in your sentence. The Big Mac. Uh, it's a funny word. I forget. Anyways, but it was <laughs> like that. The credits rolled as did a tear down my cheek. Oh, red. He went along for this one, everybody. Oh man, when I'm telling you, when when you see him, <clears throat> you see, uh, Nick. Crossing the room in the class, and like yeah, his the teacher's talking to him, and I'm like, and the symbolism oh, there is great. That's a, it's that's a, a good teacher. Listen a, to how, listen to look what's happening in there. Those are breakthroughs. Those are nice activities. Look how many breakthroughs are happening back to back. It's it's a really great moment that He's the movie opening up quickly. The movie just undermines and doesn't give a fuck about. I know that's be, like I didn't cry because like the scene was like done. As you see, <laughs> yeah. you realize what's happening. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's happening. 
Oh, uh, it's over. Okay. I, oh, what? The lights are on. When, whenever a movie starts surprises you with that like superimposed overlay of the credit like roll up, what you're the like, hell? "Well, what are you doing to me here? Yeah, what?" The, literally, the lights come on in the theater at you're that point. To you're go, like, you're um, supposed to go black before you scroll these fucking things. Um, well, I'm okay with that as long as it's a true epilogue or something that isn't yeah, isn't just, integral to the story like, like this was. Pan over to a basketball court, and then you know you can have them roll up. You zoom over the city, whatever yeah. you want. Um. Guys, next week, we are reviewing Close Encounters of the Third Kind because it's its 40th anniversary. Is it also because there's nothing else coming out next week? Well, that's true, but it apparently is coming to theaters. Nice. So. We got to find that then. Also, Terminator 2 in 3D is in theaters. Mm. Everyone should go see that because it's the best movie ever. James Cameron is misogynistic, I think, or something. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. He might be. He might be. He might be. He might be. Um, um, guys, there's also coming up very soon. It's the Clockwork Orange review. Yes, coming up. A Rockwork Orange. Yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. TikTok Citrus. You can become a hydrogen, helium, or lithium level subscriber. One, two, or three dollars per month at those rates. Uh, you can get access to all sorts of goodies. You can tell us what to review. Check out our Jake Gyllenhaal reviews. Checked out our Dune review. We actually review Jake Gyllenhaal. We just, it's love letters only. Look at those glutes. They're just uh, photographs. Brian Singer's yeah. Superman Returns is up there. Check that out as well. If you if there's a movie that you want us to review. We can do that. We can do that. It's only Superman two, Returns. Two bucks a month will get you whatever you want. Uh, but if you want to just go into some sort of short-term relationship, maybe a one-night stand with the podcast, verticalviewing.com where all our episodes live and that's where our donate button lives you can just hang out one night get wasted with us hit up paypal yeah drop a couple of bucks into the paypal and help us offset the cost of seeing movies putting on the show uh doing what we do for you did you guys know that cineplex until the end of august has uh cheap tuesday at least in vancouver cheap tuesday pricing all of the time until the end of august no way okay i'm going fantastic Okay. So it's like eight bucks for any movie right and now. And actually seven if you're a scene member. See, nice. they're doing that because it doesn't come out until September, and that movie is going to make serious amounts of coin. It Sounds like could really also good. be that this was the worst weekend since 9-11. That's so. why. Yeah. That's why. Uh, go to our Twitter, at Vertical Viewing. Go to our Instagram, even though it's broken, at Vertical Viewing Podcast. But it won't be broken if you follow us. Well, you got to figure it the fuck out. Uh, yeah. Verticalviewing.com, Patreon.com slash verticalviewing. All of those goodies combine into a giant megazord called the Vertical Viewing Podcast. Go, go, Vertical Viewing. What are your final thoughts, gents? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that movie, um, because if you're wondering how to set up your projector for the new Stephen King movie, just remember to keep it vertical. Uh, I see what you did there. I like that. Well done. Bravo. 